First day of workouts from the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine are in the books. Our thoughts on the tight end class that looked pretty smooth. Your Ohio State Buckeye wide receivers, another wide receiver from the state of Ohio. And man, some of these times just seemed a little bit wonky. All this and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. You guys know the drill. You got questions. Hopefully, we got answers. Feel free to send them over. We appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform device you use, make sure you follow and subscribe to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews. Uh, first day of workouts, NFL Combine. Uh, tight ends, wide receivers, quarterbacks. We're going to get all of this in Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith Browns Digest in the house. Pete, I, I want to start here. And look, for everybody listening, before we get into this, let's not take it you know, to be severely over critiquing. We're going to critique, no doubt about it. Um, but let's not you know take it to the be all end all that, like said, prospects, life or career is now over. Um, for me, Pete, I, I want to start with Traylon Burks. Uh, First of all, the came in a little bit smaller than expected. Uh, the thing with the four X gloves, obviously his hand, his hand physically is wider. I don't know what else, maybe necessarily so much his fingers. Um, the agilities, the jumps, the runs. Um, I, I, I think we had a very, very high bar set for Traylon Burks. And it gets a little disappointing when basically none of those bars were essentially met. Um, yeah, two, two, 225 pounds is, is good. Six two is fine. Um, his hands, whatever, you know, they're, 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 they're plenty big. Um, his forties looked awkward. Uh, in fact, you were complaining about them. And uh, as we were watching this stuff, um, it just didn't look right. Um, so uh, this is one of those where I'm curious how, the feedback is for to him and his agent it is essentially our team's going to be like, look, you're fine. We know how fast you are because of they have GPS and all these other things. Or are they sort of like, yeah, we'd like you to do it over again. The one thing he should definitely redo is his vertical. Uh, 33 is not great. Um, even though he's as big as he is, the 122-inch broad jump is fine. And his 728 three-cone isn't great. But I don't think anyone expected it to be from uh, Burks. And, you know, the three cones in, in Indianapolis uh, from this position in general weren't good. Like, it was weird how not good they were. Um, so I'm, I'm curious. Like, what does what he opt to do um, on that? You know, some, some days you wake up and you just don't have it. Um, so I'm curious. What's his choice? I, I off the top of my head, I don't know what Arkansas's pro day is. 
but I'm curious to see if he wants to do some of these stuff things over again. I wish he will, but you know, some of these guys, you know, depending on your feedback, you just don't really care. Um, you know, as I was mentioning to Pete here, like this is, you know, running the 40 is actually a track event. Um, and look, running track is not easy. It's, there's a lot of skill to it. Uh, Traylon Burks, the key to this is you want to get your body to full momentum before you basically get yourself up and vertical. First one, he was really poor on it. Second one, he was much better on it. And usually it's right around like that 17 to 20 yard mark. And look, it's going to depend different on guys' heights, but usually by the time you reach, you know, per, you know, like point verticality of your body being straight up and down, you're running full speed by then. So that was kind of the issue yesterday for Traylon Burks. Um, and it certainly was an issue for some other guys. Um, and just shifting gears here, you know, where we're giving to this to Burks, it was difficult. Look, the film is still fantastic. Uh, it doesn't change any of the style of play that everybody enjoys about Traylon Burks or, you know, thinks Traylon Burks is going to win in the NFL. And the kind of the yin and the yang here, Pete, um, is everybody getting so crazy excited as they did yesterday about, you know, Calvin Austin. But here's a guy that was at Memphis on a you know, track scholarship. And Memphis is no joke. There is a ton of speed down in that area. He, obviously, for a guy like him and a lot of these things being track type events, obviously, he was just going to crush the hell out of this. Yeah. Um, the other part of that is, don't get me wrong, uh, Calvin Austin's numbers are impressive. He's 170 pounds. So a 4-3-2-40 is – look, there, there's a point of no return where it's just fast. You are just fast at that point. Um, and there's no question that Calvin Austin is fast. But when you start considering like 4-3-2 from Calvin Austin, 170 pounds versus Alec Pierce at, at 211 pounds running 4-3-3, one of those is more impressive than the other. And the same applies to – his 39-inch uh, vertical and his 135-inch broad jump. And he had a great shuttle, too. Uh, so he's a great athlete, but he's also 170 pounds and he's 5'8". So let, let's put it this way. He has to have those type of numbers if he's going to make it in this league. It, you know, it, it's, it's really difficult to sort of make this whole thing work when you're not a supremely athletic player at that size. I mean, he's not – he's basically the size of – Jojo Natson. Um, so it's great. It's a great day for him. Certainly he got a lot of props. I just don't know how much that really changes for him. You know, we, we watch the combine and, and, and people swear they're not going to overreact. <laughs> and then Calvin Austin does what he does. And I see, well, if so-and-so can go in the first round, then certainly Calvin Austin can go in the second round or something like that. You know, if it happens, great. It won't be the Browns. Um, so more power to you because, like, some of these things just aren't that, you know, one, they were expected, and two, they just don't matter as much as some of these people want to. And and we get so many people who insist they're not going to be prisoner of the moment who insist, they, they prove immediately they're prisoner of the moment. And Olave's time, when it was a 4 2 6 unofficially, what had people vault him up the draft board, and then when they found out it was a four three nine, we get out of here. Like they uh, let him in the club for thirty seconds. No, 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 get back out. You're not worthy of this. Uh, I mean, when you run four three at any, you know, whatever, you're going really fast, and people are like, oh, I'm not as excited about a lot of Like, come on, man. Like, you had to realize <laughs> that four two six wasn't realistic. You don't see that on tape. You don't see him just. 
physically running by everybody. So, I mean, like, this is where, like, you, you get too, you know, too laser focused on this stuff and try to do this. And, I, you know, so many people use this phrase, well, so-and-so is making money. Unless you're the one paying it, let me let me let me see when it happens because so often I see this crap, and then guys don't go nearly as high as that, and all that phrase is just so, just wildly dumb in terms of what it actually means because so often the case it, it's so often it's not the case because mm. it was either an expected reality or it didn't even matter. No, and uh, you know for the Baylor wide receiver, you know in his forty time, um, you know, and of course now here we are, you know. 12 hours after the fact, nobody's mentioning the kid's name. Um, we're going to get to the Ohio State guys. But, Pete, uh, your boy from Boise, Shakir, now, you know, he's a player we talked about. You know, we love everything about him. Um, I think he maybe tested a little bit better athletically than we kind of thought here. So, for him, I think that was a good day. And as far as, you know, we talked about him in that range of maybe that first pick that the Browns have in the hundreds about somebody being there. Um, but, you know, production has always been the key. The tape was there with a player like him. But I think for him, he put together a nice showing, and I think tested a little bit better athletically than we thought. Well, yeah, his his four three five unofficial drop to bit. He's in the four fours. But that is, ex, you know, that's more than adequate. You know, I thought he might be a four five guy. He does. He is the type of guy who runs away from people on tape. Uh, so, you know, good result for him. I don't know how much that changes. Um for him, like some people were looking at him and saying, well, he's probably a day, you know, fringe day three, uh, or I should say like end of round three, early round four type guy. I don't know if that really changes based on on, on his testing. He was okay at everything. His three cone was mm, 728, not great. Shuttle 421 is fine. Um, jumps were okay. You know, this is the thing is like he had a 443, but nothing else really stood out. So, I don't know how much is going to change with him. I love his game. Uh, you know, he's super competitive. It, you know, in a lot of ways, he reminds me of Jarvis Landry. He just also happens to be faster. Uh, but the 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 knock on him is short arms. He doesn't have a big wingspan. How much is that going to hurt him? Some people think he doesn't necessarily translate to the next level, even though he dominated the level he was. My thing is I would be more than happy to get him on the, like that compensatory pick at the end of the third round or in the fourth round. I think he's the type of kid who's going to overperform his draft slot just on sheer will and, and some of the effort and some of those other things. He, he He's a, a, a really talented player. So happy to see that for him, uh, which is weird because you contrast that against a guy like Jahan Dotson, who is not as big as uh not not as big as uh Khalil Shakir uh he's sort of undersized and he's another one uh that uh and if you're hearing stuff in the background it's me literally pulling up their uh stupid uh their their nfl.com profiles and they're auto playing trying to auto play the coverage John Dotson of Penn State is 178 pounds and ran a 4.43 fine that's that's not a bad certainly not a bad number uh, 36 inch vertical is is perfectly fine. His broad jump is eh, not great for his weight, but he had a seven two eight three cone drill. So like, how much different are they? His wingspan's barely bigger than uh, than 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 a guy like Shakir. So does this suddenly put Jahan Dotson, who is a great player on tape, I'm you know no no denying that, is that suddenly going to put him in the range of could the Browns get him? 
with that second round pick, uh, does he maybe fall a little bit further than that? Or just are, are there still people who can content to take him in the first round? Uh, I am dubious of the number of people who think they're going to go, that they are going to be in the first round at receiver as I am every year. Um, it, it never seems to work out that way. And guys always fall. Um, Jahan Dotson might be a guy that does. He, he, he may be a guy who plays bigger. He may be a guy who plays faster, but just if you're just looking at him as an athletic profile, it's not nearly as impressive as you would like it to be. Uh, no, I agree. Um, and look, 44, that's, it's, it's a nice sweet spot, but, uh, you know, some definitely some confusing numbers all around. My one thing on the three cone is this is basically the last thing they do. Um, which seems weird because, you know, you know, obviously everybody wants a 40 time, um, guys like Pete and guys like myself, and I'm sure NFL teams are more concerned with the three cone because it's more indicative of actually running a pass pattern. Um, so to do this so late after these guys, you know, have run their forties, done the field work. It, it does seem a little strange um, to do it in that capacity. I'm assuming everybody, you know, all of these guys, there's not much they're going to do at their pro day. Some of these top guys, but for some of these guys, I'm assuming three cones will be redone at their pro days. Um, and rightfully so it just, I don't know, seems weird to just do it at, at the end of everything after, you know, these guys essentially geared up for the 40, you're trying to do the best you can. Uh, in the workouts, and then you go to this, which is obviously a very indicative number. We're going to get to a little bit more here. We'll talk about the Ohio State guys. Um, another player coming out of college in Ohio had a strong night last night and seems to be just you know gaining process, I mean gaining steam, gaining momentum throughout the draft process here. We're going to get to all that a little bit more. The latest Locked On Browns, Pete Smith along with Jeff Lloyd. Football may be over for this season. But basketball is in full steam for both the NBA and the NCAA. From the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one sport, a spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, and of course, carried you through the Olympic coverage. Head to the website today to get your bets ready for this weekend or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. The two Ohio State guys, and Pete, I'm going to start with this. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, we've seen times adjusted forever, and, you know, we understand that's part of it. Um, you know, to see a time adjusted, you know, you know, you know 0.13 as much as Chris Olave's seems a little, I don't know, seems a little extreme. Everybody's times were adjusted. The second wide receiver regroup certainly seemed like the times were not accurate there as much as they were with the tight ends. Then, of course, with the quarter, uh, then, of course, with the first group of wide receivers, times were all over the place as far as being corrected. So I'm not exactly sure what that is. Was the guy who in charge getting a little tired? I have no stinking idea. Um, but I think the one, you know, for a lot of it, I think it's where, you know, he was hoping was supposed to be, uh, I did find it fun, you know, kind of funny, um, you know, that Wilson basically said Chris Olave was the faster guy. And then Wilson essentially walks out with the better 40 time. Um, yeah. So here's how it works. There's a guy who hand times the forties, um, that for the network, uh, for years, it was, who was it? Uh, it was Bill Cat Casserly uh, uh, for years and years and years. That was the guy. The the, the broadcast went off his time. Um, they've got somebody else doing it this year. Um, 
So how much of that is simply human error and how much of that is, hey, we're trying to make this a primetime event. Uh, maybe, you know, whether whether consciously or subconsciously be a little quicker on that thumb because we're trying to sell this thing. Um, and, and I'm not sure it felt a little juice for TV. Um, I watched <laughs> when they sent out um, like, uh, you know, they tweeted out like Chris Olave's time. It looked like they missed the start of Olave's time for by like almost his first step before they started going. Um, you, you know, that's sort of like one of these things where you don't get this with other tests. You don't get sort of, you know, quickly hurried results. You wait until they're done, like officially. But the 40s, that one thing where they're like, this is for TV. We're trying to do this. So if it's inaccurate, okay, we're going to start going with it. Now, the immediate pushback you'll get, and I've already seen it, is, well, 32 teams are going to, you know, hand time it themselves or whatever, and they're going to come up with 32 different numbers, um, which may be true. Bottom line, Chris Olave is fast. Like, this is the thing. Like, you get to 4-3, you're fast. You don't need, like, it doesn't matter at that point. Like, um, you know, if he'd run a a 4-1-9, which many people were assuming that Jamison Williams would have with this guy's clock, um, there's just a point where fast is fast. So I don't know how many times you need to count that, uh, but guys in the four threes are more than adequate, uh, certainly in that elite group. Uh, at that point, it's largely just a question of who's doing it at what weight because doing it at a higher weight is more impressive. Moving more weight faster is more impressive. Uh, so those guys both did great. You know, both Olave and Garrett Wilson largely – answered any questions they had in earlier testing uh with that alave jumped like crap at 32 inches on the vertical that's bizarre um and then his broad jump was okay and that's and then with the 40 that's all he did garrett wilson um i saw was tweeted out 34 inches but on nfl.com it's 36 i'm assuming it's 36 which would be great i mean that's fine i mean uh and his broad jump was fine. And he also did a shuttle, which is uh, fine. Seriously, yeah. only only slightly slower than or slightly faster than him running 40 in one direction. Going 20 side to side for him was like a 436. Uh, going forward was 438. Uh, both are very, very good. He did not do the three cone. Um, I'm curious to see if he does that one at Pro Day because only for the simple fact of, I thought that was the test he'd do the best in, and I'm curious mm-hmm. if he wants to do it just to show off or or sort of put that crazy number uh, up. Um, but it, he may be just like, "We're good. I'm I'm done. I'm not going to test anything else." Uh, does Alave want to rejump the vertical? I I think he should, but again, he's got a four three nine. Does he really care? May not. Uh, no question. Uh, and you know, with Wilson, I thought he would jump even a little bit higher. Um, you know, he, he was a prominent basketball player down in Texas at Lake Travis, along with being a solid football player. Olave did 32. Now it doesn't really do much for you. So, you know, I would definitely think, you know, obviously, uh, you know, for Wilson, uh, the three cone, certainly, I mean, both of these guys at Columbus Broda at Ohio state, Olave, uh, certainly, you know, I mean, look, you ain't going to do no harm. If you do a 32 again, he did a 32 again. Oh, well, um, but you know, it seems like you probably can only get better from there. Um, Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. 
Um, bigger size wide receiver, Pete. I think this, you know, his size might be something that's going to look to play, you know, uh, for the Browns as far as your short area quickness. That was not on display, but as far as everything else, you know, I think the Bearcat had a solid, solid evening. Oh, Alec Pierce did everything you would hope to do if you're Alec Pierce. Um, 6'3, 211 pounds, running a 4'3'3 and then jumping 40 and a half. Um, Look, Alec Pierce, this is sort of what his calling card was uh, at Cincinnati. He's a deep ball guy. But the thing of it is, like, you would think between him and Desmond Ritter, who was super freaky athletic yes. himself, uh, and, is and, and you know, like Bleacher Report has him as the top quarterback overall in this class, you would think that that combination would be just crushing it in terms of production. Alec Pierce had 884 yards this year uh, for Cincinnati's offense. That's 26.1% market share, which is fine. It's not elite. Um, Incidentally, their second leading receiver is a kid named Tyler Scott who played at uh, Norton High School and uh, couldn't do shit against us. But nevertheless, very impressive (laughs) kid at Cincinnati. Uh, But like – Alec Pierce is a, a phenomenal-looking player, phenomenal-looking athlete, and somebody's going to draft him very, very high on traits. But the production has not been there. Not could that could that change in the NFL? Sure. Uh, there, you know, that's the type of guy where you can get make yourself very nervous because he's that big and that fast. Um, that makes people do some strange things. Now, does that mean he's going to go in the first round? I doubt it. But does that? quickly become an early second round pick based on those traits. I'm not sure. I mean, consider the fact that, uh, you know, the, the Browns took Anthony Schwartz in the third round who really didn't know how to play wide receiver. I mean, that's just sort of how these things go. You see a lot of guys get drafted super early because teams fall in love with that 40 time. And some of the time when it works, it's great when it, when it works and you get that true burner, um, you know, that's why teams make these type of gambles. But if you're just looking at a guy who's like, where is he? Alec Pierce is at the senior bowl. He was arguably the uh, second best, perhaps second best senior receiver, him and Khalil Shakir, depending on how you rank them. Maybe Pierce was your top guy. Nobody came out of that going, man, Alec Pierce had a great week or Alec Pierce really showcased why he should be this, this, and this. That's sort of where you're sitting there going, mm, I don't know. But Th- those traits are those traits. So, I mean, y- you can, you can see why he would go super high. Uh, yeah, but a good day. I mean, that's what you want to do. I mean, you, you, you want to put yourself out there and obviously, you know, you look at it with Pierce. Here's a guy now that came in a little bit bigger than Traylon Burks, certainly tested better than Traylon Burks at the end of the day. Is he going to get drafted before Traylon Burks? Absolutely not going to happen. Um, but for him to go out there, put a showcase together like this, uh, it only enhances the value. Um, and, you know, look, again, this is not to be, you know, over critical and we're not, you know, sinking anybody rounds over their testing last night. Where in the same respect. Nobody should be jumping rounds. Um, you know, as much as, you know, some of these numbers may have been a surprise for the viewing audience, it probably wasn't that much of a surprise for anybody NFL personal, personnel-wise or anybody who's going to be making a question on that. On yes, that sir. Front. Where are you drafting David Bell? I never let you if, – if you know anything, you've never heard much from me on David Bell from Purdue. Um, yeah, like 
people kept saying he was fast, and I kept watching the tape. I'm like, where is it? And then he tested, and I, I'll tell you the reason good. David Bell looked fast is because there were games where he was maybe dust. He was beating cornerbacks who had no speed, but you noticed that he was getting open because there was no respect there from the opposing defense to say we got to put a safety over the top. Yeah, so that, he's interesting because he's a guy that people. Some people are talking about as high as the second round. I have not heard that in quite a while. But, you know, does a team like the Browns look at him and go – because, like, if you go by last year and stuff, some of the testing, they basically ignored entirely. Uh, Demetric Felton's testing was horrific, despite the fact you sort of watch him and tip and go, wow, this guy gets quick and he can run, mm-hmm. all these other things. So does a guy like David Bell, who's, who's 212 pounds, uh, 6'1", pretty strong kid – uh, who, who was very productive for Purdue, uh, do, do, do they look at him and say he's a potential value? Is he sitting there day three uh, for you to grab and, and you sort of live with that? Now, you, you may inherently go, uh, I don't know, can the Browns you know, get another sort of middle-of-the-road type receiver prospect in terms of athleticism, you know, given, given what they've struggled with, you know, Who's to say? But uh, their their his man coverage grade was is, in college this past year was better than Alave's, like significantly so. So it's interesting to consider um, the other guys that sort of stand out. Uh, Sky Moore ran really fast. He also mm-hmm. was terrible in agility. Um, he's interesting as a slot guy. Not that big. He's, he's another one who experienced some, some shrinkage. Uh, Wendell Robinson, sort of in that same group, uh, was lifted at 5'11 at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. He's 5'8. He's 5'8. At, you know, that's, that's insane. So, you know, is he a guy who's going to tumble down a bit? Probably. Another guy I've heard, well, if so and so can go in the first round, then he should go in the second round. At, you know, Okay, I, I think I think we've seen some of these guys sort of formalize that they're going to be available in the in the third round. Uh, one guy who didn't get to test is or didn't not get to didn't test uh, at least all of his stuff. Uh, only did one drill was Justin Ross. I'm very curious to see what he does. To me, I think he's he's sort of the Drake London on a working man's budget. Uh, in terms of a guy who, who knows how to win with size, but may not have eye popping physical traits. Uh, he's actually taller than, than, than Drake London, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then George Pickens, who's super young, um, didn't get to play a whole lot at Georgia because of injury. He didn't light it up either. Um, you know, some people were talking about him as potentially a late first round pick. Um, you know, that always seemed a little rich for me. You know, he certainly didn't have a bad day, um, but I just – it's difficult to sort of justify some of the hype that that he has got. Nevertheless, so uh, I'm curious to see how much boards really change after this. And, you know, I, I, the, the hype for Christian Watson's only going to go higher. Um, he is – I haven't done it side-by-side comparison, but it really does seem like he is Josh Gordon physically. Um, but he's older, and he is still pretty raw. Where do you draft that? What, what What's that worth? Uh, I, I suspect somebody who's not the Browns is going to take him 
probably earlier than they should, and maybe it works. Uh, that's one where I'm sort of we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Yeah. So yeah, I mean Watson, look, the age is there, and you know the other thing is you you assume the production is going to go up. I mean, obviously, very limited opportunities in the North Dakota State offense as far as a receiver um, does bring you the mixed bag of screens. Obviously, some ability to run the ball certainly seems to be a willing blocker. Um, but, you know, again, this is always and this is you know why the brands are where they're at when you're drafting a player is 23 years old. It's hard to think that there's much room for development, especially with a guy who's got, you know, NFL <laughs> NFL DNA in him. So you kind of got to think, you know, he's been around it and obviously, you know, worked with, you know, his father was in the NFL for a long time. Uh, so you kind of think that maybe the potential is maxed with a player like that. We're going to get to a little bit of the tight ends here. Um, I thought overall for some of it, it was, it was really, really impressive. I think there's a couple of guys that kind of maybe just look like, you know, essentially a third tackle, um, but we'll get to all that latest locked on Brown sports illustrators, P Smith and your host, Jeff Lloyd. We are talking built bar. This is the time of the year. I've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions, but not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy, cinnamon churro, uh, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all so good. These are going to be your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com. Scroll down the macro charts. You will be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they seem to pull it off every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. The tight ends, Pete, and I think it was disappointing because I think at the time, I would say the track looked like it was kind of running fast. So I was a little surprised that not all the tight ends ran um, Jelani Woods, who's going to be 24 this fall, looks really, really interesting. Monster, monster human being. Um, you know, my guy, Okaran uh, Wu from Maryland, I thought ran really, really well. Um, some other guys mixed in there. Then he got to the field events where everybody showed up. Pete, uh, Pete likes the game of Isaiah Likely. You saw uh, McBride who's probably going to be the first tight end taken. Um, the tight ends, Pete, um, and they had mentioned it last night, it's going to be a monster free agent class for the tight end position. It appears to be a really, really solid draft class for the tight end position. And, you know, even if the Browns, don't move on from Austin Hooper. There certainly could be the possibility of Browns having interest in one of these guys. If they do move on from Austin Hooper, obviously that is going to, uh, you know, just grow as far as their interest in guys in this class, but solid group. And as far as catching the ball, running the ball, some of these guys still, you know, 
and it's funny because you literally had them there with the blocking sled. You had the guy explaining exactly how to do it. Whatever you do, don't get yourself too high. And then you see a bunch of guys getting hot, you know, basically just getting way too high and not being able to move the sled, period. And also, I do want to bring in uh, Waldemeyer from Texas a and Obviously, a solid-looking tight end prospect, too. Uh, yeah, so um, my guy, Isaiah Likely, only did the vertical. Uh, and I think one other – I think he did something else. Uh, but he jumped really high, uh, and then that was basically it. I do think – 36, 36 inch vertical for him. Um, I he also he had a four five seven short shuttle. Not great, but whatever. Um, I really like him. The Browns trend at picking tight ends has been picking receivers and who can essentially learn to block. Um, they did it with David Njoku. Andrew Gray was there for that pick. He was there for the Seth Devolf pick, who was a Ivy League wide receiver that was yoked up, you know, yoked up and turned into a tight end. Um, St- Steven Carlson was a, a wide receiver at the Ivy league. They're turning him into a tight end. They took uh, Harrison Bryant, who was a receiver receiving tight end, taught him to block. Uh, Isaiah likely is a matchup nightmare who fits in that category. Uh, elite production as a receiver, just absolutely obscene tape at coastal Carolina, making guys look terrible. That carried over to the senior bowl where he looked great. Um, uh, Daniel Bellinger, I should say on your guy, Chig Oconquo, a a lot of him is going to be about the the medical. Um, There's allegedly, uh, he may have developed, at least I read one place that he might have developed myocarditis from uh, getting COVID. Um, I don't know if that's going to affect him or not, but that's at least something that teams will have to decide for themselves. Uh, Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State. Yes. Uh, I, I, I I was looking at as sort of like a late round tight end. I still do. Uh, but he had a uh, great day. He did the whole, he did everything. 463, 40-yard dash at 253 pounds and 6'5", uh, 22 on the bench. Great number for a tight end. 34.5-inch uh, uh, vertical. Great number, 125 uh, on the broad. Great. 705 three cone uh three cone great outstanding uh four four seven short shuttle not it's fine um uh, i love this kid um he's tw- i think he's 21 uh he is a former uh, uh former hooper and track athlete in high school um he looks it on the football field he just needs to keep developing but he he seems to know how to get open a little bit and make catches so i think he's the type of guy you can sort of plug in there as a longer term sort of development guy, you know, not unlike Harrison Bryant, where maybe you're looking at year two and year three before he could start becoming uh, an, an impact player, but he's the type of guy who stands out, uh, had elite production relative to receive, uh, receiving tight ends. So it fits, even though, you know, he might not be stylistically similar, similar to guys like Njoku and Harrison Bryant. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Bellinger. Uh, I, Greg Dolchich, probably too old for the Browns, had a pretty good day, although his bench wasn't great. Um, I don't know if the historical trend, historical threshold is dropping by virtue of what where the tight end is going, but you typically want to get a guy to put 20 bench reps at the tight end spot. He was quite low. Now, um, that doesn't rule him out for the Browns, certainly, uh, other than the age might, but Harrison Bryant had 13 bench reps. So it's, you know, take that for what you will. Uh, Cole Turner was 
little bit of a mixed bag. Uh, look, he's never going to be a straight line guy. I think that's that's clear. Uh, but when you are six six, you know, a little under two hundred fifty pounds, and you run a seven oh six three cone drill, um, that's going to get guys excited. But the problem for him is that he didn't jump well either. I mean, for a guy who's a jump ball guy, you jump twenty seven inches. That's that's concerning. Um, so I expect he's a guy who's going to retest quite a bit, uh, but I don't think I'd rule him out for the Browns. But I, but I but he's a guy I think I have more questions for than than maybe I did initially. Uh, yeah, it looks. I mean, it looks like an injury class. Bellinger that you brought up, obviously, in in he was a guy. You know, they they felt he was a good blocker already. Granted, you know, played the Mountain West Conference and the Mountain West Conference loaded with tight ends this year. Um, but to test that, that way athletically, I, you know, as far as you know, the overall just catching the ball very clean, very smooth, very easy. Pete, I know you commented on this, but the, here is an interesting tweet just dropped by uh, Dane Brugler. Um, Number of wide receivers with a sub seven second. Three cone, 2017, 23, 2018, 18, 2019, 8, 2024. Obviously, no numbers for 2021, and two in 2022. Just mind blowing. Like, you know, we're, we're living in this era where athletes seem to just be getting more and more athletic every year. And then you get something like this, and it's like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I mean, some of this is, Seems to be a function of guys just not doing it. Um, there aren't that many guys who tested it. But it's weird because the three-cone measures a couple different things that are all very useful for wide receivers. It measures hip flexibility, and it measures balance, um, which very valuable for that position. Um, and used to be a, a, a drill where you'd see a lot of these little twitchy guys maybe didn't have, offer top-end speed who – who did really well in this type of drill, who would go on to have careers like that's, you know, guys that like the Patriots would get, uh, you know, those type of guys, uh, obviously Cooper cup is sort of in that group where he, uh, better three cone than, than 40 speed. Although the, the thing with Cooper cup and I, cause his numbers keep getting thrown around the Rams were pretty damn confident that the numbers he put up were, were bad uh, for him. So, like, they thought he was way more athletic than that. So, that, I, I, I would take those with, you know, people going, well, you tested like Cooper Cup with a little bit of, uh, you know, bear that in mind. They, 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 the team that drafted it was confident he was way more athletic than that. Uh, nevertheless, you, you still have to consider the fact that that is a – there are multiple ways to win as a wide receiver. Like – you can win with just raw speed. You can win with quickness. Uh, so you have to find your sort of a niche in that uh, that avenue. You want to find somebody who can create separation in, in at least one way, but hopefully more than that. So strength, size, uh, strength and size, speed, or agility, um, that is – those are things, those are different avenues for guys to make it work. And the one thing, and we'll close with this, and you know, Pete and I we had talked a couple of times here, and you know, I had mentioned how having these guys bench press and do all these workouts on the same day was just an absolute abomination. And Pete said, Well, guess what's gonna happen? And guess what happened? One 
one wide receiver showed up to do his bench press. Um, and then, he, and by the way, the guy who did the bench press didn't run. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just so a it very one, I mean, just an asinine, absolutely yeah. asinine way of doing things. Asking somebody to max out on the bench press of 225 pounds, and then asking them to, you know, a few hours later go out there and you know give your best as far as athletic testing. It was just never going to work. It was a stupid, stupid idea, and I hope they throw it in the river and lose it for uh, the years coming forward if you want for a better event. It's just the smart play on that route. He is Pete Smith, of course, Browns Digest, Sports Illustrated. A uh, ton of coverage, obviously, coming today through the rest of the weekend of everything going on, NFL Combine. Um, you know, covered, uh, you know, as far as Barry and Stefanski speaking this week here, um, you know, and obviously we get to, you know, all the athletic testing and obviously players starting to look more and more, hopefully, like Fitz, for your Cleveland Browns, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Locked On Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, we appreciate everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen day in, day out. Whatever podcast platform you use, make sure you are following and subscribed to the Locked On Browns podcast. Five-star ratings, written reviews. We got to all your wide receiver workouts. We got to your tight end workouts. Uh, covered a ton here on this edition of Locked On Browns. We'll keep it going all weekend long with everything happening in Indy. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.